This podcast is brought to you by ClearBridge Investments. Meet an evolving economy confidently with ClearBridge Active Equities, the foundation of a resilient portfolio. ClearBridge, a Franklin Templeton company. Go to clearbridge.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Barron's The Way Forward. I'm Greg Bartalist and my guest today is Nelray Bacha Ali, Senior Financial Advisor, Managing Director, Investments, Wells Fargo Advisors. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, my pleasure. 2022 threw a lot of curveballs at investors. Tell me how advisors should be adjusting for that, if at all, and if so, how, how much, for whom, et cetera. Well, you know, I, I got to relate to my clients. Um, I'm big on the planning. Um, so every year at the end of the year, we're always, you know, putting plans together for the following year. Um, but I'm also making sure that it's focused on what their goals are. So when you're looking at a bear market, and I always try to tell my clients, we're going we're gonna to go through bear markets. Um, the market does not just go singly up. We're going to have this volatility here and there. And I, and I actually think that's good for the market. It, it, I think it clears up a lot of things. Um, but with that risk, what I try to focus on is what does that mean for them today? Um, they, get, they hear a lot of news. They're hearing a lot of um, noise out there. So I want to make sure, one, we're having those meetings. I'm being very proactive um, with them, but really focusing on what um, it means to them. And 99% of my clients, most of it means, hey, we're still okay today. Um, you still have a roof over your head. You have food in your belly. Um, even with inflation fears, yes, it's going to cost more for those vacations, but get, guess what? You can actually afford that. So um, I jokingly like to say I, I, I'm here to remind my one percenters that they're, they're, they're okay. Um, and so that that's a big deal on there. But a lot of it is noise. It, it's... Um, you know, the fear and trying to just kind of walk them off the ledge. And so what I would say is definitely making sure you're having those conversations, giving them realistic views of what their portfolio means for them. And a lot of my clients, they're, even though the market's down in a bear market, they're still up over the longer period of time because, you know, I've had these clients for 10, 20 years. And so, you know, the last five years have been quite kind to us. But um and I've read you once said that you try to call them before they call you, right? Yes, yes. That I think that's probably the biggest thing is just making sure I'm getting in front of them. So I, when I'm talking to my team, my whole thing is who haven't I talked to in the last 30 days? Um, and it's really just wanting to, and it's just a call. I, I try to keep a conversational check-in to see how they're doing. Um, and I call it a temperature check. Uh, usually when I'm having meetings, the, the one thing I will end with after we've gone over everything, we've talked about planning, estate, and, you know, everything, everything's happening with inflation and the stock portfolios. And, and I'll say, okay, what haven't I talked? What's keeping you awake at night? I'll, that's my last kind of, tell me what's keeping you awake at night. And it usually is something funny like my shoulder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're, you know, as, I, as we start to talk about everything that's happening, they're realizing, you know, you're right. I'm, I'm, we've been, and a lot of them, they've been through it before. So we, that actually helps. But a lot of my newbies, I want to make sure we're, hey, I know you haven't been through a down market. Let me explain what, you know, we, and then I peel back the layers of their holdings. You know, here, let's talk about some of these companies and, you know, what's the likelihood? A lot of these, you know, companies you can see as you walk down the street, where'd you spend your money this week? Um, nine times out of 10, they're probably publicly traded companies. So, um, you know, as bad as it feels, I don't think the world's coming to an end. I'm not sure. But <laughs> but if we're here in about five years, there may be some sincere buying opportunities, but we need to make sure we're strategic and smart about it. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's as often has been said, this country has endured world wars, um, political yes. assassinations, 9-11, et cetera. And yet you look a yeah. long-term chart of the S&P or the Dow, it's just a 
slow, steady grind upwards. Exactly, so. exactly. So it's and we're we're going to have corrections, and 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 I stress corrections, not crashes. I think that's really important. Um, I think that you know what you hear um, in in the news or different. They're flipping the channels. You know, fear sells, and so it's like, oh, the market's down. Uh, sudden important points, the world's coming to an end, and it's like, no, it's not. You know. Yeah. No, it's very true. I mean, conflict uh, results in ratings and tension. And sadly, some places exploit that dynamic. Right. Yeah, more than others. My job is to calm them down. And, you know, we we have conversations. And it can, depending on the year, you know, the conversations can go from markets to political and all. How does this affect? And, you know, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There was a, I think it was an interview you did with us. You you said um, specifically two clients. for money that they don't need for for at least a year or more, you said, "Hey, you know that uncomfortable f- feeling you're feeling? That's the buying opportunity." Right. And there's so much <laughs> truth to that. I mean, when when an investor is finger is hovering above the enter button where they're looking to sell precisely at that moment (laughs) is probably when it should not be the sell button, but the buy button, or at least just pull your finger away from the keyboard. Um, But it's such a fascinating dynamic. Absolutely. Making sure you're allocated properly, making sure, you know, you got sound companies and things, but yeah. Yeah. Particularly dividends. I love dividends. Love dividends too. (laughs) Exactly. But you know what's interesting? Just a little bit of a sidebar here though. It's like you think about now so many investment conversations are like how to squeeze out a little yield and you know, cash is king and this is the whole zeitgeist right now. And I wonder, I'm not saying, but I just wonder if in hindsight this will be seen as like a a bit of a risk off moment because the psychology is that like the top of the uh, internet bubble or when greed is really in the air, you would never have that conversation about yield. It would always be, so it's hard, you know, it's interesting to see and over time this all levels out, but. Yeah, I mean, cash is, you know, getting four or five Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, you can't disagree with that either. Exactly, (laughs) it's pretty sweet. Um, Yeah, I I had a client the other day, they're like, is that true? You know, we're, we've, you know, we're getting three, four or five percent. I'm like, yeah, well, inflation is like eight or nine right now. So it's always going to be, you know, it's higher simply, but the cost of living is also Higher, so cash is always slightly below what it costs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but right now at least cash and bonds for the first actually look, you know, appealing. Look kind of appealing, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, there's some there's some opportunity there. Yeah, <laughs> tell me what else are you hearing from clients, and and what else do you find effective in your communications? I mean, you mentioned the regular contact uh, is helpful, and anything else? You know, don't discount their fears. I don't I don't mock it. Um, I actually lean into it. So when, you know, every now and then we, we all have the client that's just may call and, you know, make crazy accusations about the world. And I actually will lean in and go, tell me about this world. What does it look like? And and I'll say funny things, you know, particular grocery stores that are in our area. I'm like, is that grocery store open? Yeah. Well, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm just wondering, you know, because the last correction, it was, uh, you know, I, we had clients that were. Oh, got to move out and just, it was gun, gold, and bullets. You know, that was, and I'm like, okay, I want you to take your, you know, your block of gold, go to the grocery store, get me a loaf of bread, and come back with the exact change. Um, they were like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, probably if we're still here. So it, it's trying to bring some levity, but also some realistic um, things. And I just use their view. I kind of put a mirror up and go, okay, this is what you feel like. Let's Let's walk through this journey and, Right. That tends to get them off like, you're right. You're, you got a good point. Um, yeah. And so Let them come to the conclusion right. we're on their own as opposed to you just saying you're exactly. wrong. Let them explore like, it and 
Exactly. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think that is a good thing just to get people to kind of see that. So that's always been a um, I've always been successful in being able to kind of walk them through. And so I, I always say when you've got a client that's really fearful, they genuinely feel that way. You know, let them hear them out. Let's have a conversation and then start point by point uh, getting it through nine times out of ten. They're probably going to listen. Mm-hmm. You're going to have very few that are just like, oh, OK, well, now we're going to decide how much do we want to, you know. So if if a client is just to the point where they're like, I've got to do something, I'm usually saying, OK, do you want to do uh, 10% or 20% of it? And I, I do that automatically so that they are off of thinking, I want to sell everything. Because my my whole objective is I'm trying to help you not blow up your portfolio um, on there. And so by giving them some control, they'll start. And, and what I find is that they usually start talking down like, no, I don't need to do that much. I don't need and then I said, well, let's put this to the side. This is our pillow. And then what we'll do, I think markets are still, we may be able to get back in at a lower valuation. So um, actually this last month has been really good because I think what, I think the uh, the quarter before was, you know, really a low time. And so it was a great time to kind mm-hmm. of get back in. So yeah. clients are feeling a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. Still. So so in terms of the concerns, obviously the the most direct and obvious one is when the market goes down a lot, that often correlates with fear. Right. Uh, not a surprise. And putting aside the, you know, the shoulder or whatever might be bugging a client, <laughs> are there any other th- things or patterns that you're hearing that are emerging in recent years that don't fall under the, the rubric of falling markets or random you know, ailment? I'm, I'm all about taking advantages of crisis. And so we've had really, really good years in the last several years. The biggest, you know, the biggest complaints I've had in, in great markets is, oh, my gosh, did you see my tax liability? So this year, markets are down. You know what? We may have some tax harvesting opportunities on there. And so a lot of particularly you know, high-income earners, um, I'm getting on the phone. We're having the conversation. It's like, you know, we've got some opportunity here. Maybe we can do some tax harvesting and doing some adjustments. That actually has been a, um, a good thing because that kind of gets them off of markets being down, but actually saying, listen, we need to – you know, let's harvest this, but then we're going to look at this opportunity to get back in in some areas. So I think the biggest advantage is being able to kind of tax harvest some losses um, and get them positioned, uh, you know, for, for the following year. But yeah, most, most of my clients, like I said, it's, um, it's all about the plan. So I, I always tell other advisors, I don't know how you do this without the plan in place, because if, you know, I don't really track the market day to day. I'm really looking at what's, you know, what's important over a period of time. Um, and if I've done my job, we probably already have cash for what for our for our day to day needs anyway. I, yeah. I call it the three buckets of money. And so the the first bucket's that river you that you're checking, and um, the second bucket's that emergency. And I always at towards the end of the year want to fill that bucket up based on things that we're expecting for the following year, and that third bucket that's our you know that's the scary part that i handle the long term and if i've done my job we've got time to get through the storm excellent so, excellent me. i mean that oh, makes sense yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so now i want to just uh, pivot a little and and talk about some of your personal accomplishments um not in this field um but rather <laughs> as a standout athlete so you're a six-time ncaa all-american in track and field you've won a bronze medal in the 1995 world indoor championships that's that's very impressive. So tell me how a little about that and how your success there has transferred over or in, inspired you or, you know, applies to what you're doing now. So I ran track um, and I actually started in high school 
um, purely for social reasons, because I like to talk. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing is that uh, I, I <laughs> probably early in my life, I won something and I, I like that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I learned uh, very early that that was a really cool thing. Um, but it also required you to, you know, you have to work hard for that, you know. So um, things are not necessarily just given to you. Um, and so for me, um, I'm one of eight kids. My parents were amazing, but they they it was all about education first. So you had to keep up your grades. So I always had to negotiate if, you know, if there was extracurricular activity and things of that nature. Um, but <laughs> running, my dad would say to me, you know, because there was eight of us. So if he was coming to an event, he's like, look, are you going to win? Because I don't want to come out here. <laughs> and I was like, dad, you know, really. So it was kind of that thing where if you're going to do it, like you got my face, do it right. So I, I learned early on that that was important. Um, but when you translate off this, off of track and field, out of sports into real life, it's kind of the same type of mentality. I, I, I you know, I'm not afraid, afraid of working hard. Um, on there. I also, I'm very goal set oriented. I'm, I'm, I'm all about the goals. Um, for me, I have to have something I'm working towards. It's just, just how I'm wired. So as soon as I've achieved something, I've got to put something else in, in that place. Um, and so when I was starting on in this industry 20 plus years ago, um, I just focused on what I knew I could do. And um, as my dad would say, you know, that which made you successful and everything else is going to be the same thing that'll make you successful in whatever ventures you have. So um, I focused on, you know what, I can do this. I'm smart. I'm capable. It's just going to take me some time. Um, and I, you know, I ran my numbers when I first started on what I needed for my family, for me to justify walking out that door. Um, and over time, you know, I, I, it, it, I call it... Um, what I need to do today. So I may have a yearly goal of this is how much I want to produce or how much assets I want to bring in. Um, and I break that down over the month and I break that down over 20 days in the, um, uh, in the day, uh, in the month of the day. And so I know exactly what I need to do today, how much assets I need to bring in. And that actually helped because, you know, just it's kind of, you're in the grind. And when you look up all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I didn't realize I achieved because I wasn't focusing on the whole 12 months, I was just focusing on what I need to do today. Right. That and makes sense. It, it absolutely I does. <laughs> and that, I mean, that advice applies to um, other areas of life. For yeah. example, someone who's an aspiring author, they they might talk themselves out of writing the book because they think about biting it off in one right. big bite. It's like, oh, I can't, my book takes forever. But it's like- About three pages. Exactly. <laughs> Even two pages a day, right? Yeah. Even one page a day, anything to incrementally move right. the ball forward. And then hopefully yes. it'll gain traction and you'll be yeah. more productive. So You've got to be that. And I think also you've got to give yourself- kudos because I think the you know world is always con there's a lot of negativity out there um I am a big believer of trying to remove as much toxicity as possible um and so I don't necessarily tell everyone what I want to achieve because a lot of people just don't have that vision um but I focus on what I need to do and then um I keep doing it. so that that's kind of how I'm wired to which I don't know if that's healthy or not but <laughs> but I I'm sometimes I don't tell you know, I, I keep my circle small on what I want to do because I want people to I want certain people to hold me accountable. But I don't necessarily tell everyone because um, sometimes people just aren't they don't see it. So, you know, when I started out and said, oh, I'm going to do this or, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a million dollar producer. Or, well, you know, God, you don't look like, you know, you don't you don't have the same look as other people are million dollar producers. What does that even mean? So now I know I got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Meet that challenge. And what, yeah. what was the pivot? What inspired you? To enter, you know, the profession. The, well, 
it was actually in college. Um, I, I was, you know, I went to Georgia Tech. Um, I was an engineer major, electrical engineering major, um, because my dad said I was good at math and science. So I became an electrical engineering major for three years. Um, I should not be an electrical engineering major. Uh, <laughs> so I took, um, I took some classes over at the business school, um, actually just to, you know, I thought it would be just a, a reprieve during the summer. And uh, a professor literally saw me and he said, you know, why are you over the engineering school? You should be at the business school. So I got introduced to um, investing in a class where we had to put together, it was a risk analysis, you put a stock portfolio together. And that was my first introduction to it in, in college. And I thought, man, this is cool. Um, you, like, you liked it immediately. Yeah, you I did. liked it immediately. And what did you like about it? I just, the numbers that, you know, I, it made sense to me. Numbers have always made sense to me. Um, and I just, you know, the stocks and, you know, these companies and valuations. And it was just, I was just really just the, the nerdy part of it that I just, I just thought that was so cool. And the fact that um, wealth is built by just everyday, you know, companies that are being spent. And so I actually, so that was my first kind of experience with it. Um, and then, you know, to be in an industry that's kind of all commission and everyone's like, oh, that's scary. You want something on salary. But um, my dad was the one that says, you know, um, when you, if you find something you love to do and you can get paid for it, one, you'll never work a day in your life, but it'll be something that you will invest in. So when you have your own business, uh, you, you know, you, it's going to be your baby. You're going to put everything into it. Um, so if you're going to work hard, you might as well work hard for yourself. Yeah. So that 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 aspect um, was really cool. But interesting, my father was concerned about me going into this quote unquote industry. Uh, he thought for, you know, he was thinking that as women back in the, I guess, the 80s and 70s, he didn't think it was. I was like, Dad, you know, it'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You know, he's like, I don't know. You know, I was like, Dad, you're a lawyer. Nobody likes attorneys. Like, Come on. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but he 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 was very happy. He says, you know, I don't know what I was. He was more worried about some movie he saw about how things are. I'm like, ah, that's not. <laughs> It'll be fine. But yeah, that was that was the first um, the first uh, exposure to it, and um, it was something in the back of my head as I was working. I wanted to get back into it. So when that opportunity happened, um, I went head head into it, and uh, luckily, you know. It worked out so. <laughs> yeah, and you've you've mentioned that he instilled in you a mentality that failure was not an option. That is true. And uh, my first manager actually said that when he hired me. Um, he's like, failure's not an option. And I was like, okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I mean, you know, one of the things I've I've talked about when I came into this industry, I mean, it's been twenty plus years, and I think I think my class that of trainees. Maybe like a hundred of us, I don't know. And there was maybe five women, and I think I was the only person of color um, in there. But uh, it was really kind of cool. We had a great time. But I think of all of us, I think there's maybe still five of us in the industry. And they talked about how hard it was. You know, it's only about one or two percent of people um, are going to succeed. Um, but for me, I um, I think just coming from a big family, um, I have five brothers. Anytime my brother would say, you can't do it, I'm like, now I've got to do it. Yeah. So um, I've, I've had people who've said, oh, you know, this is not, you know, this is going to be hard. I'm like, oh, it's not that hard. I got this. I'm going to do this. So, and I like people. So I think that's important. So. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, tell me more broadly about diversity in the industry, what your, what your take is on where we are, just 
open ended. Yeah, I'm just curious what you think are the good, bad, gotta, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity for growth, and um, you know, <laughs> we we've got to do better. Um, I'm at the place in my life. I've been in this industry for for 20 plus years. I don't think the I think women have grown a little bit more. I think we're at, I think I just heard we're at 18 percent. I think we're at 12, um, 12 or 10. When I um, I think we were at 12 when I started 20 plus years ago. Um, people of color, I think we've been at one percent. I don't think I think that may be negative now. I don't I don't think we've grown um, at all since I've, I've been in the industry. Um, so I'm at the place in my life. I've got a great practice. I've got a great team. I realize that I'm I'm no longer going to wait for someone to do it. I'm going to help and try to, you know, I want to bring people on the team that um, are diverse, but also have that right that that that. The, the right characteristics to be successful. So that's the first thing. Um, but I want to be purposeful in making sure that I give opportunities to others that didn't necessarily have that, um, you know, opportunity, things that I wish I had when I started out. So I, I just think it's it's my job to make it a little bit easier. So, and this comes back from just how I was raised. My, my parents were very big about giving back and they would, my mother would always say, it's not if, but when you get to the top, mm-hmm. you got to go back down. Because if you don't, what's it all for? So for me, um, that that's just a personal thing. It has nothing to do with corporate or industry. It's just something that I'm driven by. But I, I would like to see more women, more people of color, more diversity um, in our industry. Um, and uh, I just decided I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do for helping my team and be very purposeful with um, bringing on other, other advisors. Um, I've got a junior now that I brought on last year, she's phenomenal. Um, I mean, absolutely phenomenal um, on there. And so I'm just happy to see her flourish. She's 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 gonna rock it. And so that just gives me joy. So I'm kind of corny like that. It's the mom in me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great that you can share your distilled wisdom. I mean, with everything you've learned, and yeah. you can help pass it on and absolutely. hopefully bring in people. Yeah. yeah. Is there an actionable idea you'd like to share for listeners about a key takeaway from today that they can maybe implement to help them? Um, I know I'm probably preaching to the choir planning. I think that's a big deal. Um, you know, for those that are that are younger in the industry, I would say definitely invest in yourself for accreditations. Um, I think CFP and things of that nature are, are, are definitely going to add uh, credibility to your practice. Um, and then also... For those that are, you know, very successful in your practice as you're bringing people on the team, you know, I think it's good to make sure your team does look like America. So that would be the things I would give to them. Excellent. <laughs> well, it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you Thank today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it was podcast. terrific. Cool. <laughs> it, was, it was excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. My guest was Nelray Bacha Ali. For more advisor-specific podcasts, please check out barons.com slash podcast. For The Way Forward, I'm Greg Bartalis. This podcast is brought to you by ClearBridge Investments. Meet an evolving economy confidently with ClearBridge Active Equities, the foundation of a resilient portfolio. ClearBridge, a Franklin Templeton company. Go to clearbridge.com to learn more.